one of my favorite stats is that we're only born with two fears. That's it. Really? We're only born with fear, uh, two fears. We're born with the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Oh, that's so everything, cool. I know everything else we've learned, Emmy, everything else. Part of the programming. Right. It's for something maybe our parents said or did or didn't do or teachers or something we've heard on the news. There's so many, there's times that I, I realize something's bugging me and I'm like, oh my God, that was my mom. That wasn't even my stuff, but it's in your head. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs, and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. On today's show, I have LB, which stands for Lisa Beth Thomas. She lives right outside of Austin, right, Lisa? Awesome. I didn't forget that. They just had that space moment. And I am so excited to have you share your story because you have been through it all and still obviously grown an amazing business and then had all this stuff happen and then climbed out on top after losing everything. So welcome to the show. I can hardly wait to hear everything that you're going to share and all the words of wisdom. With that, I'm going to let you take it away and you know, just tell us a little bit about who you are. And let's go, let's dive into the first business too. Okay. Again, thank you for having me. And I've read all about you. I've listened to some some of the podcasts and you are just amazing. So I'm honored to be involved and included. So thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, yes. Yes. So years ago, about 20 years ago, had an ad agency here in Austin and had it for about 14 years. And we did really well. Our first year we hit seven figures. And we kept seven figures going and we were working with the iconic Austin businesses and we got a reputation because I was in production as well. So we're working with Miramax and we, you know, worked on Hope Floats and we did all kinds of reality shows, HGTV things, and just had a ball and had that for about 14 years during that time when we talk about fear, but there was... For about 10 years, my partner was my husband and I should have gotten out of that marriage earlier. And I'm sure there's people that can relate to that completely that I'm raising my hand. Like, yeah, I I almost wanted to create a t-shirt that said, I wanted to marry so badly. I married so badly. So, (laughs) and, but during that, we had some financial setbacks with the IRS and not to get in the details of that, but some personal taxes weren't filed on our behalf. And that wasn't on my half, just so I'm clear. But 
And so through all of this, I ended up losing my business of 14 years, but really 20, 22 years in Austin. But as an ad agency, I had to sell my house to pay off the IRS, to take care of all that. And then my mom died. And that was from April to August. I mean, wow. Yeah. And I know you're supposed to have one of those like a year for stress things. And I just, I did it in four months. I'm a, I'm an overachiever. I'm <laughs> you got it mastered. And I think, I mean, to me, because I, I'm one of those people too, where like nothing happens for a really long time. And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. So there's always, I refer to them as learning experiences mm-hmm. that kind of come out of the other side. But when you're in the middle of it, it's hard. It's It's so hard. And, you know, you and I talked last week about this is that the biggest, the hardest thing for me is I didn't want to tell anybody. I was ashamed. And I really thought my brand was who I was. And I thought people liked me because I was connected and I was working on movies and I, you know, had all these things. And I thought, how am I going to tell people? You know, after so from, you know, the divorce, which everybody was aware of that, but the fallout from all the things that I found out during all that. I thought, I can't tell anybody. I mean, we were, you know, one of the top 25. If you looked at the ranks financially, we were one of the top 25 agencies in, in Austin. Yeah, it was really hard. I was ashamed. I would go to work and I would stare at my computer and I would cry and I had a staff. They knew obviously something was wrong. And what happened is I started to be completely transparent. I had to rob Peter to pay Paul. So I had to pay the IRS. I had to take money from the, the business to pay over there. And then during all this, my confidence was shot. My self-esteem was gone. My mm-hmm. confidence was gone. So people would say, just, you know, staff would go, let's go get new business. There was no way. There was no creative juices. So I was going to say, I mean, I've been not, and obviously your experience, but in different experiences and, and in my divorce too, where it wasn't the worst divorce on the planet, but it certainly was not a good one. Right. And my kids were a mess and, you know, I was juggling all these balls and that I actually showed up was like all I could do. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm quoting pitiful for lack of a better term, but I think everybody's had a moment like that where, you know, like that's it. Like there is no, it's not that you ha- don't have the drive to go get the business. Like, that's a great idea. We should get more business. Yeah. I can't do it right now. I can't do it. If you asked me, if I ran into you somewhere and you asked me how I do it, I would just start crying because yeah. I mean, there was a point where I couldn't cover it up anymore. And somebody asked me later if I was depressed, if I'd been depressed. And I said, no, because I never knew I'd never been depressed. So I didn't know what that looked like. And then later I thought about it and I went, well, if going home every night and drinking a bottle of wine and not good wine, because I had no money, it was the bottom shelf, crappy wine, you know, <laughs> that should have been, oh, and I would drink a bottle of that. I cry myself to sleep, get up the next day. I was like, yeah, I guess I was depressed. I didn't know what that looked like. Right. Then standing on the steps and watching the, you know, the house be sold. My mom died the, the month before all that. So it was just so hard. But what I got from that is as you said, learning experiences that I had to lose literally everything. I was homeless and not homeless in the sense of living under a bridge. And, you know, my daughter's married in San Antonio. The other two were at Texas Tech, but I was sleeping on people's couches. I was sleeping in people's extra bedrooms. A friend of mine let me stay at his place. So for six months, I didn't have a home. People were sliding gas cards into my purse and every sense lost everything. 
And you thought I would drop 20 pounds or something with all that, but I guess that stress just, you know, so anyway, I was just a hot mess. But what I learned was I had to lose everything. I had to cut ties completely from my past, from all of that. So I could, first of all, figure out what was going on in me and create my new life. Mm-hmm. Because a friend of mine told me just the other day, he said, I would have, because I almost gave you that money. You know, he has a construction company and he, he could have given me a quarter million dollar check, half million dollar check. You know, that would have been nothing out of something, but I mean, out of his business, he would have been happy to. Right. I said, I am so glad you didn't because I'd still be in there. I had to go. I'm done. Right. Why do you think you had to lose everything? Like, what was it about that as opposed to like half of everything before you could cut ties and really go and be in a different direction? First of all, and you know from divorce, that if I would have kept that business, and as these projects are coming on now, he still could have come back and said, well, I was part of that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was part of the partner, so he could have sued me. And even though we were divorced, there's that legal, that kind of thing. So right. that that was that. But I know what you're really asking about is me, is I had to figure out my stuff. I had a lot of insecurities, but I didn't realize I did. And I was doing, I had patterns of not speaking up for myself. Now, again, I'm a leader. I stand on stage as I started Texas Women in Business. You know, you would think I'm good, but push came to shove with the kids. I wouldn't stand up for it. Or I wouldn't, if a client pushed back, I wouldn't say, huh, well, you know, that's wrong. Or I, I didn't know why I was doing those things. So when all that went away and I, stop blaming everybody else. There's a point you have to stop blaming everybody else and take responsibility. Okay. What's my part in this made me start going, wow, I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to stand up for myself. I, right. Why do I do that? Why am I afraid? And again, we had a seven figure base. You know, again, if you looked at me from the outside, you'd be like, she's got it all. Right. And got it together. Got it together. I want to be like her. No. And I think probably 95% of women, probably everybody, but women feel the same. I think so. I mean, just the women I've talked to, the clients I've worked with, it's easy to be on stage because that's one part theatrics and you can be somebody else. And we were taught to be good girls, most of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, particularly, I think if you're over, you know, 35 or so. Yeah, you put on that mask, you put on that, you put on that code of success, but on the inside, it's like, ugh. and this, this phase really got my heart to knowing whether I'm at the grocery store, I'm talking to somebody, we all have something, mm-hmm. you know, some are devastating. I mean, mine isn't devastating to somebody who's lost a loved one or a child or that, but it's devastating to me because it happened to me. I have a lot more compassion for people knowing that there's probably something going on behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was one of the things I pulled away and pulled out of my divorce too, because I had to sell the house that we were living in. He had moved out the year and a half before and my neighbors didn't really surround me with support. Now I didn't ask as much as I could and should have, but I, there was a space for them to step into like check on Emmy, make sure she's, you know, still speaking coherently with two small children. (laughs) Right. And trying to figure out, you know, how to grow a business and you know, do right. as well. And I really learned that 
don't judge you know, other people for those off remarks or if they seem upset or whatever you're experiencing because you don't know what's going on in their head. You don't know what they were just thinking about or what's happening for them and to really open space for that. And I, yeah. I think there's a level of kindness that we can all experience from that. Yeah, especially with you know the world today. And what I found is because I didn't share, my my inner circle knew something was wrong. They, I mean, they knew, but they didn't know how bad. They didn't know right. really how bad it was. But what one of the lessons I learned is when we keep things to ourselves, others can't help. Others right. can't share a blessing. Others, you know, and people are, you know, right now, if you said to me, hey, I, I need some help. Can you send me something? I What's the address? I would do it. We want to help others. And by yeah. keeping our mouth shut and not sharing our story, we're really blocking people from having that joyous experience of giving. I, I look at it as I was talking about the other day that I, I think about it. I held on like my fists were so clenched that when they're like this, you can't receive. Right. So that was my first lesson of the minute I took that mask off of everything's great. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Women lined up to tell me their stories. They were like, thank you for sharing. Oh my God. I care. I'm carrying this weight and nobody knows. Right. And it just broke my heart. And then I realized, man, I am not alone, which was lovely. I hate it that I'm not alone, but it's lovely that I'm not alone. Right. I agree. I mean, it's part of why I want to to have this podcast and why I love talking to women just like you is that we all have similar stories, even if they come from different places and the experiences are different, but the learning can be very similar. And if we don't share, because being an entrepreneur can be so isolating at times that I think having that connection of, oh, this person had something that was similar to what I you know, experienced can really help and just be at ease. So what I'm, I'm curious about is, like, was it fear that was keeping you from letting people know that you were struggling or was it something else? It was fear. First of all, I thought it was, as I said, my insecurities. But when I started digging into it and figuring it out, it was the fear of, we have core fears. And it was the core fears of not being good enough, not being worthy. Oh, I could go down the whole list, not being loved, you know, I'm going to be left alone. I mean, I could go down, down, down those fears. But at the surface, I thought it was, I'm just ashamed. But then when I started going through the process of getting down to that core fear of what's under below being ashamed is not being good enough. Right. And that sucks. Yeah. You know, it really does when you realize that. And I'm like, of course I'm good enough. And here's, I know we, the, the thing that's one of my favorite stats is that we're only born with two fears. That's it. Really? We're only born with fear, uh, two fears. We're born with the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Oh, that's so everything, cool. I know. Everything else we've learned, Emmy, everything else. Part of the programming. Right. It's something maybe our parents said or did or didn't do or teachers or something we've heard on the news. There's so many, there's times that I, I realize something's bugging me and I'm like, oh my God, that was my mom. That wasn't even my stuff, but it's in your head. Yeah. One of my friends, he was saying he's 61 years old and he was saying that, you know, he was life, you know, he was eight years old at school and had a bunch of friends and, you know, the life of the party of the class. And one day the teacher sent home a note and gave it to his mom. Mom read it, mom hid it. He went and found it, of course, as we all did as eight-year-old, nine years old. And he read the note and it says, so-and-so thinks that everyone likes him, but they don't. He has no friends. 
Now, we don't know what was going on with her. He may have been a bit of pain in the neck. I don't know. And he may have paraphrased it. But anyway, he was eight and his whole life is now being good enough. Right. So people like me. So his entire life has been people pleasing, making sure everybody else likes him, doing everything for everybody else. And he went through the process of the outwitting fear and he got down the bottom when he discovered, figured that out and went, God, no wonder I'm exhausted. I'm trying to make everybody else happy. So they like me. Right. And I thought, and he said, I wish I would figure this out years ago. And I went, Hey, you're only 61. Hopefully you got another 20 and you can live with that. Yeah. So yeah. that, so the thing is with those fears, you know, if we've learned them, we can unlearn them right. and we have to identify them so we can go, Oh, wait, that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I said to you last week, you know, it, it sabotages you because you're not, you're not even aware they're there. Yeah. You keep doing the same things over and over again that don't work. Right. So it's like beating your head up against the wall until you have it like brought to your awareness. Cause I think that most of the time you have to have when, at least when you're first starting to identify some of these, the core fears that you need somebody on the outside to be able to like, oh, well, that's, you know, this thing. Yeah. What And yeah. what was the root of that? Like, you have to kind of take people back a little bit. Right. And I love that you said root because the, the times that you get, and I call it a trap, the times you get caught in a trap where something just really sets you off, pushes your button, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, you know, and it's it's a behavior. It's not a person. Yeah. You know, it could be kids not put the dishes in the sink or whatever, but it's not them. It's their behavior. Typically, that means that there's a real fear at the bottom of that. You're just yeah. pissed off and you don't know why. But if you look at it, and I love doing that with people, they'll name a trap and we just, they don't even know I'm doing it. And we get down to what it is. And it's like, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. You don't know until you know. And then when you, you know, you have to name it so you can tame it. You can't do anything about it until you acknowledge it. So yeah. I love that you said that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, You've hit bottom. And again, I want to acknowledge you because it's really easy to stay there. Let's just say that you've gotten you know above, you know, sleeping on your friends' couches and you know, and being mm-hmm. in somebody's house where you're kind of just you're floating along and you've got your own space, but you could have stayed in that kind of everything's terrible, I've lost everything mindset and not ever gone anywhere else. Yeah. So what was it for you that really allowed you to see out of the dark hole in the abyss and into the light again? Well, first of all, I wanted to go to Mexico and sell tacos on the beach. I was like, I'm out of here. I understand (laughs) that. (laughs) That's right. What got me out of it? Yeah. I think when somebody said to me, well, you closed that chapter. Now you can write, what is your next chapter? And you can write it. Because now you're not tied to anything that's, well, you know, I can't really do that because I have this. And so I had a clean slate. I had a clean slate. I had no debt. I had nothing because everything was paid for and done and and gone. So that's what kind of got me excited is that, wow, I really can create from nothing. Was that freeing for you? It really was. It really was, especially because my kids were grown. Mm -hmm. You know, that would have been different. So I got to acknowledge that if I had kids at home and we're trying to, you know, live off macaroni and that would have been hard, but it was freeing. Like I said, I had zero debt, everything was paid for. And it's almost like I had, I had a blank canvas that I could, I could create. And what I got from that 
also is, again, I'm not alone. Right. So what did I learn from this that can help others? And I didn't actually set out to help others. I mean, I wasn't like, I'm going to turn this into a program. It wasn't that. It was trying to provide a living. Right. And I owe the media in Austin uh, probably a quarter million dollars still to this day. I, I, I don't know, know what the balance was. And luckily in Texas, you don't have to declare bankruptcy. I okay. went to a bankruptcy attorney and he was like, you don't have to. He said, you can just dissolve the business. That's why you're an LLC. Dissolve the business. I'll, it will send certified letters that the business is closed. And I said, well, when I start making money, I'm going to pay everybody. And he said, of course, you're going to say that because that's who you are. And he said, you're not because your whole life will be trying to make up for something that it's business. It happens. And so my difficulty was I'm in the media advertising business and I couldn't buy media. So it's not like I could go out and be an ad agency again. Right. So that, that put a crimp. What worked out is that every client, I called every client, tell them what was going on. And mm -hmm. every one of them was extremely supportive. And even Dear Horton Homes, we've had them, worked with them since 90, I'm sorry, 2000, 2009. I think after I called them, told them all that, they called me like three months later and said, okay, we have a new campaign. We need to blah, 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 blah. And I was like, remember, I'm not a ad agency anymore. And they're like, okay, well, I know you, well, you'll figure it out. And everybody kept doing business. So I had one of my key people, she opened a media buying. So I would do creative and she'd do the media buying. So that's how we figured out that side of it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It sounds amazing. And I have so many questions I want to ask you. Let's circle back really quickly to the course you mentioned, the gentleman took the Outwitting Fear course. Talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit. Outwitting Fear is accumulation of things. Discovery Austin, I facilitate every month in Discovery for a nonprofit and so it's pieces of that, it's pieces of things I've learned from friends, it's pieces from my experiences, you know. So I took a bunch of different things and put it together. And what I love about it is that it's only about an hour long. It doesn't take long, but it immediately I have people identify something that pushes their buttons. And then we go through the process of getting down to really what that core fear is. Mm -hmm. And what, what do you do when you, when you figure it out? And it's beautiful. And what I love about it is that people tell me that they, if something comes up, they go, hmm, and they pull it, they, they do it again. And sometimes it's the same fear. Sometimes it's a different fear. Okay, cool. That would be really helpful for our, our audience. If somebody was interested, how would they access that? Just outwittingfear.com. Okay. Yeah, they can either get it through lisabeththomas.com, but we'll just stick with outwittingfear.com. Okay. And if they put in... And the promo code podcast, okay. you'll get $10 off. It's $97. I kept it for the price of it, like an okay pair of shoes, because I figured I, I could walk away from fear. It's this, my way of walking away from fear is this course. Right. And so, and then also on there, if they don't want the course, we just, I just did a video on five ways to outwit fear of money. Mm -hmm. And it's about eight minutes long. So they can also grab that off there too. Oh, cool. Really yeah, excited super about powerful. And I would encourage everybody to just take a look at this because it sounds like, and just based on some of the work I've done over the years too, it sounds like a really powerful way to see where your limiting beliefs are okay. and to get at another level of them. Yeah. Absolutely. And what I, I love is that 
is when a fear comes up for me, it doesn't mean it, it goes away. I mean, right. now I know what it is. Yeah. And David, my guy, you know, if we get in an argument or, you know, something comes up, I, I say to him, oh, hold on, I got to think about it. Is this, is this my stuff that am I think, is that fear of something or am I just pissed at you? And then I'll be like, no, I'm just pissed at you. you know? and, uh, and he'll laugh and go, well, let's just always think it's your side. You know, I'm like, no, yeah. no, no. But one of the defining moments for me was trust. I had so much distrust mm -hmm. and I know that's big for people is the distrust, especially when you come out of a, a very hurtful relationship. And one day I was, I was in Austin and David was at his house and I, out of my distrust, I kept accusing him of things and questioning everything. And, uh, you know, sure you were there. I mean, whatever. I don't remember what I was just being a jerk. And I remember stopping dead in my tracks in this phone call, this conversation and said, oh my gosh, that I'm looking at you through my cracked lenses of my hurts. Mm -hmm. My lenses are broken and that's not fair to you. Right. And when I realized that, that I was judging him and accusing him of things that he had nothing to do with, but I was carrying that forward and looking at him through my hurts. And right then and there is when I, had, I did a defining moment of, I drew a line in the sand and I said, either I have to stop this and figure out how to, how to stop it. You know what? You asked me that earlier. What was it? That was it. I think that was it. And I hadn't thought of that. I was like, I have got to stop doing this because I'm going to lose this great relationship. You know, I got to figure this out. Right. And that was my defining moment. I'm so glad you asked me that. Now I know that was my That's defining so cool. moment. Yeah, I had to figure that out. Yeah. Well, and I think just a true testament of who you are in being able to look at that and, and see that like, this is the correct lens and it's not accurate because it's so much easier to blame everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And you do. And, and so I'm judging you. I'm not, but you know, yeah. you, for example, Emmy of, of something that happened to me in the past and you weren't even there, Yeah, but I'm putting you in that box. And right. so that was a big deal for me. So that's why I said, once I figured out how to figure out my core fears, when they come up now, there's times that I jump into them and think about them and get out before anybody even knows I've, I've gone there. <laughs> You know, right. I'm like, wait, is that it? Nope. And if it does come up, I literally say to them, Hey, you haven't worked for me in the past. Never mind. Right. It's not I think it's really important to kind of talk to your inner self like that. Like acknowledge that like, Oh, Hey, you're there and you're no longer in control. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we were talking on the phone last week about how in, in business, right. all those fears, just can mess with your head, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a speaker, if you're in sales, especially, and we're all in sales. Yeah. I want to dive into that in a second. I want to circle back to because another question that is kind of nagging at me too. You said once you started telling everybody what, you know, was going on for you, everybody started talking to you about their own stories and what was going on. Has that created a place for you to start asking for help more and to let people kind of see through a more transparent lens. Absolutely. Because there's nothing to hide. Right. So I, I really am very, very transparent of what's going on. And it's changed my relationships with my friends because mm -hmm. they do too. It's opened that up where we can talk. Yeah. just an incredible honesty and authenticity too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. So let's switch back to the limiting beliefs really stopping people in business. 
and can show up in any place and anywhere. How do people overcome that? Well, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So, I mean, you work with how many thousands of women? You probably <laughs> hear that. And do they even know that they're a limiting belief or they just are stuck and they don't know why? Sometimes both. Like I'm going to say 50, 50. By the time we're a couple sessions in, they know at least some of their limiting beliefs because I start calling them out on it immediately. Right. Re-ask your question. How can limiting beliefs stop people in business, whether it's speaking or like anything, just even like I've run into entrepreneurs who don't want to scale past a, a certain point because they believe that they're going to have to put so much more time or it's going to be so much harder to have a bigger business than realizing that with the right team and systems and processes, it's actually gets, gets easier. Yeah. And delegate a lot more. Yeah, I, I had a woman tell me that she her her fear was being more successful than her parents. Yeah. So she kept her business down because she didn't want to embarrass her parents by being having a more successful business. A big one I we were just talking about the other day that this woman was telling me that if something was wrong financially, let's say a, a check was not accurate amount, client was late in payment. Oh, I don't want them to, I don't want to make them mad. I'm not going to ask them for the money. You know, they'll, they'll pay me when they can. Well, when you have bills and you have employees and you have your own things, and then it's not standing up for yourself. Yeah. It's speaking up. Sales, big one for sales. If you've got the fear of not being good enough or not being worthy, you know how hard it is to pick up that phone and make those sales calls or follow up. You, you can justify your way out of anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or opt out from the conversation, like just not even make the author offer because you've decided that they're not going to say yes. Yeah. So it does. And, and that's where going forward, I was allowing my partner to, to do that. My husband to do that. I wouldn't speak up. I wouldn't say, Hey, I disagree with that. Hey, you know, cause I was like, Oh, I don't want to rock the boat. There's already tension, you know, and I would, I would justify and I would avoid. And again, I, I'm the queen of it. If I don't see it, it's not going to happen. So I would avoid it. Right. And I didn't want to be that person anymore. Mm -hmm. And here's the bad news is I couldn't blame anybody anymore. Yeah. He was the perfect out. I could blame him for, you know, oh, that's why that happened. That was his fault. Well, now, now it's that is, I think the only downfall to having that clean slate is there yeah. is nobody no left to blame and you really have to be accountable only to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so, like, oh, I don't like that crap. I, exactly. But it, it is. Yeah. And I think the more we're in denial of that, it gets in our way. It right. really does. Right. Yeah, I, the amount of freedom that I have felt is... I, I don't think I've ever felt that. And, I, and I'm truly myself. I'm creating a life that I choose and I speak my mind. I speak it lovingly and I you know, do all those things, but I'm not worried. I'm not fearful. And when it does pop up, like I said, I go, oh yeah, okay. And, yeah. I, and I don't push it down because I know, I know when you push things down, they surface like bing, 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 bing in other ways. So I just push it away. Right. I just put it over there. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's move into where you're at today, right? You have your new company, you're yeah. growing. You just signed a new client that is super exciting today. Yeah, today we had to push this podcast because yes. Yeah. Yes. So 
I have many fingers, uh, I have many projects, like you were saying when we jumped on to say, you know, hello, you've got so many things going on. So I'm do, still doing a lot of marketing and advertising. That's just been my, I've, I've had an ad agency and been in at, you know, doing the business for 30 years. So I'm doing more projects. I don't have employees anymore. I don't have the office anymore, but the team still works together just on a contract basis. So doing a lot of that. And then I'm working with a company called Curve, which I'm very excited about. They've created technology that makes videos shoppable. And so I'm working with them on projects with, we're pitching Traeger Grills and Cabela's and a new direct sales company up called Mason Grove Farms out of Tennessee, where you can watch their video, but you can buy while you're watching. So like your glasses, cool. if I was watching it and I like your glasses, I can click on your glasses and I, it'll put them in a shopping cart right there or just take me right to where I can buy them. Yeah, it's very cool. Super cool, very like 22nd century, not even 21st. Yeah, yeah it's very cool technology. So I'm working with them on a, several different videos, long form content. Speaking, uh, my Outwitting Fear course is doing extremely well and then doing a lot of speaking, obviously Zoom right yeah. now, but I'm so excited to get back out there. So yeah, I am too. Yeah. So I speak on Outwitting Fear and I speak on marketing. People ask me to talk about marketing and, but it, it's, it's just so fun because I loved having the employees and I loved having the office. We had the great living room where we'd all sit and brainstorm, but man, it's nice you know, when everybody was making more money than me at times, you know, this is really nice not to have that $5,000 a month go to rent, you know, or, right. yeah. Yeah. Now there's a certain freedom from having contract people. And I think the really cool thing is that you can hire amazing contractors yeah. to, and build your business and scale it with that. Yeah. You know, and and really get to meet great people and, and have, I mean, I think fantastic relationships with them. Yeah, there's things right now, direct digital marketing and social media. I don't want to learn them. You know, I'm 61 years old. I, you know, I want to speak and have fun and do the things I want to do. I don't want to learn a whole new thing. So I love being able to go, hey, you know, let's bring this partner on for this project. Mm -hmm. They can handle that. I don't have to learn it all. I, it, it is yeah. really nice. Yeah, let me show up as my best self and yeah. have the people to support me and, and get there. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And again, you know, I'm so excited about the Outwitting Fear course because it sounds like, and I know you sent me a link, so I've not had a chance to do it yet, but it sounds like just such a perfect opportunity to start uncovering those, those fears and starting to bring that awareness. And even if you've done some of this work before, I mean, this is an ongoing thing. It's not something you just master in one try. So you can right. really and, get to that next level. Right. And, and you take it, and as you know, you take a nugget from here and a nugget from there. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, my podcast, I forgot about that too. Then I said that nugget because I'm doing a Courageous and Unstoppable You podcast that will launch probably in about two or three weeks. And it's that, it's just very short right. aha nuggets from outwitting fear, from experiences. And I'm going to have guests come on as well and share their aha nuggets. Again, just something you can take away and go, oh, that works or that doesn't work for me. Yeah. But just quick ideas. Yeah. It'll be like five to eight minutes long, real awesome. quick. Yeah. Well, let's put both the course and the podcast links in the show notes so that people can connect with you that way. Anywhere else that people can find you, where's the best location? Yeah, the, and the podcast isn't ready yet, but I'll let you know what it is so that we can add that later. Yeah. But 
the, the lisabeththomas.com or on LinkedIn. It's a pretty easy name. It's Lisa Beth, one word, Thomas. So I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. LB, thank you so much for being on today. I feel like we could talk forever. I know. Uh, really like get into all the nitty gritty details of fear and then just everything else. So like, it's been really great to have you here. Well, thank you. Like I said, you are, you're a leader in all of this and, and really blazing the trail and helping so many people. So thank you for letting me be a small, small part of your success. You're so, so welcome. And to everybody listening, we will see you next week with another amazing leadership story. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 